Hey guys, welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. It's your host Valencia and in today's episode we're going to be talking about how to survive pollen season because we are good and well into the spring and I don't know about you guys but my allergies are starting to act up. I woke up this morning the day that I'm um, recording this podcast and my nose was stopped up and it's just like, oh no, it's it's coming and my allergies are starting to get a little bit worse. So I wanted to talk to you all about basically like some tips and things that I use to help me survive pollen season, allergy season, spring allergies, things of that nature, just to be able to help you guys out basically. Because I know I wish that I knew some of these things when I first noticed that I was dealing with pollen allergies, spring allergies, those types of things. So hopefully this guide will help you guys out. And if you guys are not subscribed to the podcast already, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And also, if you guys like today's episode, then be sure to leave a rating and also a review. And hopefully it is five stars. But before we get into today's topic, you guys know I have to talk to you guys about what's been going on. So the day that I am recording this podcast, it's actually Easter. So happy Easter to you guys and happy belated Easter um, to you guys as well. Um, I watched church service online for obvious reasons and I actually watched two services. I first watched the Elevation Church's Easter service and then I watched uh, Passing Passion City Church's service, um, just because uh, Sadie Rob, um, aka Sadie Robertson, uh, was one of the guests, and I really like Sadie Rob. She's just so positive and inspiring, and she's basically my age, so it's really great to see someone who's like me around the same age who is so like immersed in their faith and really just spreading the importance of God's word. Um, I follow her and her ministry like on social media and I really enjoy hearing her words of encouragement and hearing her preach and just spread the gospel all around her. And I've actually been going back and forth in my head on whether or not I should get um, her new book that came out, I believe, that like in February, I spotted it at a Barnes and Noble bookstore some months back. And I kept asking myself if I really need this book in my life. And I was listening to church service today um, for both services, actually. And the constant message I was kept hearing was, you know, live, live, live. And, you know, coincidentally, that's actually the name of her book. And so I felt like it was a sign for me to get this book. And so I just purchased it for my Kindle reader. And I'm really excited to read it and to just see her book's message and like what God is wanting me to hear since I feel like he's constantly drawing me to this book. So whether like I'm at the store and I constantly see it or I'm obviously always thinking about it, like it's just been something that's been on my brain. So I'm definitely excited to start reading that. Um, just because also I've not really been reading as much. I started the whole quarantine like reading a lot more, but then I kind of drifted off because I just got so like busy with my schoolwork and work and all of those types of things and I started off doing really well with reading but then it kind of trailed off and so I want to get a lot more better with that and actually start taking some time out for myself to read because I do enjoy reading so I'm excited to have that book. So now that I'm done talking about the what's going on update with me we can get right into my foodie likes. So my first foodie like is from the brand American Flatbread and it's their vegan harvest pizza. So 
fun fact, lately when this whole pandemic started and everything, like we, like me and my mom, we went to like Whole Foods and we were trying to get like the Amy's, um, I think it's like their vegan margarita pizza and oh my gosh guys like that pizza is so good but I guess everybody else thinks that too because that pizza was sold out so when we were trying to be able to get some frozen pizza to be able to have just for the those quick meals we came across this uh, vegan harvest pizza from American Flatbread because it was one of the very few pizzas that was still available and it's you know it's dairy free obviously because it's vegan so was kind of hesitant to try it but I was like you know like we really wanted to have like some type of frozen pizza and so we got it and oh my gosh guys it tasted so good and the cheese consistency was actually not that bad because sometimes for vegan pizza like the cheese consistency it's just not all that great and the crust tastes really good and the seasoning with like the Italian seasoning and the fresh tomato sauce like it tastes so great and I highly recommend it like if you want a frozen pizza but you don't want to get like an unhealthy one like you want one that has like whole some ingredients in it yeah so like it's made with no preservatives there's no gmos in it there's absolutely no casein in it and so it's really just so delicious and it's dairy free and the cheese just melts really well so like i really highly recommend you all try this pizza because it's really good if you are like dairy free, if you're vegan, if you're trying to cut back on your cheese um, and you just want a healthier pizza because typically when you think of frozen pizzas, you typically think of like the brands that are like filled with like a bunch of crap. Um, but this one, I really um, trust the ingredients that are in it and it tastes really good and I feel like I'm not missing out on pizza as well. So highly recommend it. Um, another foodie like is from Amy's Kitchen. It's their no cheese roasted vegetable pizza. Um, it's just another option just in case they might not have. The other pizza I just talked about or the Amy's vegan margarita pizza, which is like my all time favorite frozen pizza if I have to have frozen pizza. And the no cheese roasted vegetable one, it's it's really savory. So if you are more so like a savory person, then I highly recommend trying this pizza. It's literally just vegetables. The one thing I don't like about it is that there's artichokes on it. I'm not really a big fan of artichokes. It's like one of those foods that I feel like if I eat it, I that I feel like I'm choking. So I usually pick those off. But besides that, the pizza is really good. And I highly recommend that one as well. So another one of my foodie likes, it's from Simple Truth. It's their Emerge Patties. So basically their Emerge Patties is kind of like a store brand equivalent to like Beyond Meat, um, their burgers and like the Impossible Burger. And so it's a lot more affordable in my opinion. And they have their patties and I like that they provide I think like 20 grams of pea-based protein per serving. So you're really able to get like your source of protein from these patties because I know that's a concern for people who are either vegetarian or they're vegan or they are trying to um, not consume as much meat products. And so they're eating more so plant-based-esque. So it's really like helpful to know that a lot more of these uh, meat substitutes are taking that into consideration when they're coming up with the ingredients and the, like the ingredients and the recipe for them, like making sure that they keep the protein serving in mind. I also like how when you have the patty, like the texture, like it really looks like a regular burger. It sizzles like a regular burger. Like when you're cooking it in the pan, it like 
you can smell it like it smells really good and also i like how it's free of gmos it's dairy free it's gluten free and it's soy free so if you are looking for like another meat alternative if you kind of want to shake things up if you typically get the beyond meat and you want to try something new i highly recommend trying it um usually at the kroger near me it's like maybe like four or five dollars where the beyond patties are usually a little bit more than that so it's definitely more affordable in that aspect so i highly recommend trying all of those products and they literally have been getting me through quarantine because they're just easy to make and it's not like you have to make like a four like a five star meal type of thing and it's still really good but it's also quick at the same time so those are all my foodie likes i don't really want to do foodie dislikes just because i'm trying to stay positive and trying to you know talk about the good things um i don't want to be like a negative nancy and be like these are all the things i dislike so we're just going to keep it positive over here and we're just going to do the likes for a while so i guess now we can get into the allergy news so if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while then you know that typically this segment is called the foodie news but I kind of wanted to change the name of this segment just because like some of the articles, they're going to be about just allergies in general. So some of them might be geared towards food allergies. Some of them might be geared towards seasonal allergies or environmental allergies like mold and etc. So I just wanted to have a little bit more flexibility with this segment. So now when I'm talking, I'm going to refer to it as allergy news. So the article I'm going to be talking about today, it's from Allergic Living because you guys know I'm a big fan of Allergic Living. And it's their article that's like six spring allergy myths from flowers and honey to forecast just in honor of this week's episode because I'm going to be talking about pollen season and spring allergies, that type of thing. So I thought it would be fitting to talk about it. So one of the myths that they talk about in this article is how flowers set off allergies. So people usually think that if you eat the local honey, Um, around you that that will help with reducing your symptoms which is something that I know people in my family have told me in the past like it's like oh yeah like you know if you're allergic to flowers like it would be really good to eat the honey that's local to you to be able to help with making you more quote-unquote like immune to the flowers and everything like that but apparently the only reason why typically people tend to think that the two and two are like linked together is because with flowers how they like start to bloom and they start to burst open in the spring while people with pollen allergies they also start getting an increase of awareness of their symptoms that because the two um, have synchronous timing that usually causes people to think that flowers are the cause of their seasonal allergies when usually the reason behind it is usually due to tree pollen instead of it being flowers and that's because typically the pollen from flowers is too large to be carried like in the air and to be inhaled so that's usually why flowers rely on bees and insects like that to be able to spread the pollen and to procreate and then also if you inhale flower pollen then it's usually too large to be able to even cross your mucous membranes and to be able to kick off um like the releasing chemicals that's involved in a reaction so usually it's tree pollen if you start getting any sort of like allergic um symptoms so that's usually where it is and then also for the thing with that they eat in the local honey if your allergies are getting better with honey according to um this 
um, professor. The person is the associate professor of pediatrics in the allergy and immunology division of Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the doctor's name is Dr. David Stuckus. And he had said that consuming a tree's pollen, that might lead to symptoms. And that if your allergies are getting better with honey, it's usually just a coincidence and it's not because of the honey, which is really interesting because I've heard so many people, like I said before, so many people are like, oh my goodness, like if you are like allergic to like flowers and stuff like that, then eating the honey should be able to help your body be a little bit more immune. But it's interesting to find out that that's just merely a coincidence. And usually if you think you have like an allergy to flowers, it's usually tree pollen. So the other myth that they talk about in this article is how antihistamines can make you drowsy and that you should only take them when you need them, which is really funny and ironic because I've had this conversation with people that I know multiple times about how people say like certain medicines usually make them drowsy and so they really don't want to take it as much unless you really, really need them. And if you take them, then make sure you're taking them right before you go to sleep so that you're not like sleepy throughout the rest of the day. And so I think it's interesting that this doctor, Dr. David uh, Stuckus, he said how really just times have changed. And so has allergy medications and how like more than 20 years ago, there was like a wave of like second generation antihistamines that were approved that are longer acting and far less likely to cause the drowsiness and how there really shouldn't be a reason why anyone should use like the older antihistamines and how the active ingredients and the newer antihistamines also vary among medications. And so if one causes you sleepiness, then try others before like ruling them out type of thing and to not just be like, well, I'm just not going to take them. And then actually something that's interesting that he notes is how nasal steroid sprays are usually like the best first line of defense for congested runny noses, which is actually something that I got from my doctor, which has helped me a lot. And I'm going to talk about it later on in the episode when it comes to like my tips on how I survive pollen season. But yeah, that is the other one. So definitely this doctor's recommending like you should be taking them when you need them, but also making sure that you find one that works for you that doesn't really cause sleepiness. So just make sure you that you're trying um, different types of medicines with the consultation of your doctor and being able to get advice that way, um, making sure that you're doing what's best for you and your body. So the other myth is how young children can't be allergic to trees and grass, which I don't even, I've never even heard of that myth before. So I'm really was interested in this myth just because I'm like, I've, I've always had like spring allergies, like seasonal allergies since, I mean, since I can remember. So I just can't even imagine someone saying that, oh, young children can't be allergic to trees and grass. That's crazy. I'm like, no, like you can. And that's kind of like what this, you know, this myth buster is saying how pollen allergy symptoms that can, like a child can get them as early as two or three years old. And it says in here how really a child sh should be exposed to pollen for at least two seasons before the immune system will even recognize um, those irritants as being um, invaders and trigger an allergic reaction, which I did not even know that, which is really interesting that in order for you to even know that you are allergic to pollen, you have to be exposed to it for at least two seasons. Like that's so interesting. So the next myth is about how hay fever can not only be irritating, but harmless and that you can just quote unquote, tough it out. If you've dealt with hay fever, you know that it is the absolute worth. It's 
It's the absolute worst. It's so irritating. I would think in the long run, like if you don't do anything about your symptoms and you just let it just be what they are and just tough it out and just like not do anything about it, I would think that it would do some sort of damage in the long run. And I say that just because like you're constantly like sneezing, you're constantly having watery eyes and itchy itchy eyes. And I know for me, like when I start sneezing, like and get into sneezing fits that there's been times where I wake up the next day and like my stomach muscles hurt and <laughs> and I'm just like oh my goodness like what did I do like and I'm like yeah like I did do exercise that day but there shouldn't be reason for like my deep muscles of my stomach to be hurting and then I'm like oh well I had like three sneezing fits the day before so that's probably why it is so from that aspect I would also think so and then also if you're constantly feeling tired and you're constantly having a stuffy nose and you're having problems breathing then I would think you would be putting a much more strain like on your lungs and just that whole type of gist that's just my personal opinion and it seems like according to this article that that's kind of not too far-fetched and how Dr. Bansell she said that it's not normal to be tired and stuffy and how not only not doing anything about your allergies can leave you obviously miserable if you don't do anything about them but it can also cause permanent damage and how along with hay fever a patient could have underlying asthma and then if that condition doesn't go treated then the smooth muscles in the lungs that can grow thicker from working too hard and then your airwaves can become constricted and even if you don't have asthma dealing with that whole constant inflammation constant congestion that can lead to that's like related to rhinitis and then rhinitis that can lead to other issues that you might be having to deal with later on down the line with your sinuses and I just I just can't imagine having hay fever because I usually have hay fever but not doing anything about it like normally if I'm dealing with it I'm like crap I need to get my medicine where's my medicine like I go in my backpack if I'm at school if I'm in my room I like literally go to where I keep all my medicine at like I just can't imagine having allergies and not doing anything about the symptoms like taking you know Benadryl or taking Flonase or whatever allergy medicine that you use like I just cannot even imagine like I just can't even imagine so the fifth myth is about pollen forecast and how it's just a really good way to um, get a good measurement of the pollen count outside and whether or not you should go outside or not now I sign up I signed up to receive emails from the Atlanta allergy and asthma um, organization so I get emails like literally like daily about like the pollen count outside and what that's looking like if it's like high extremely high if it's like low extremely low like that type of thing and I usually um, based off of that kind of when I can to center that around my day so like if it's on the weekends and I might not go out as much but if it's during the week then obviously I can't do too much about it but wear a mask but in this article they talk about how um Looking at pollen forecasts, it is a good source of information about like what pollens are in season in your area. So like the place where I look at the pollen count for, they also tell you not only about the grass pollen, but they tell you about the tree pollen. They tell you about the mold count. Like they tell you about so many different things, which I feel like is really, really helpful. Um, but one thing that I did not know 
that they talk about in here is that the really that the accuracy of the forecast or the count it just depends on how close you are to pollen counting stations so if for an example like in the article Dr. Stuckus he talks about how he lives in Columbus Ohio but the nearest station for pollen counting is 50 miles away in Dayton, Ohio, where the mix of local plants and weather conditions is different compared to Columbus. So it kind of really just depends on like how far away you are from where the pollen count is being counted to make sure that it's really accurate for when you go outside. Now, luckily, based off where my school is and then also based off where I live, like it's pretty much accurate. So but just to keep that in mind, um, when you're looking at pollen forecasts, like it's a really good source of information, but also keep that in mind that depending on how far away you live from, you know, the allergy um, bureau or the pollen counting station that does the pollen counting. So the last myth, I believe, is how apps are the best way to control your seasonal asthma symptoms. Now, I didn't even know that there are asthma apps. Like, I didn't even know that there's applications that are out there that can help with you tracking your medication use for asthma, like those types of things. Like, I think that that's really, really cool. I know for me, like I have apps on my phone, whether that's a journaling app specifically to keep track of like my food allergies. Like I've talked about that on the podcast before. I also have an app that helps me with being able to know the pollen count in my area, um, knowing that type of thing, just to be able to keep track of that. Um, I also have apps to being able to help with like tracking like when I take my allergy medicine, like those types of things are really helpful. Um, but one thing that Dr. Stuck is he talks about in this article about if asthma apps are going to be like widely adopted and used and stuff kind of wondering like whether or not like it could have an impact on emergency room visits and hospital admissions for asthma attacks like those types of things and if the numbers um, will go down by using these types of apps so if these apps are going to be widely adopted like just being able to get further testing on showing like if they can help with improving symptoms, reducing patient and healthcare costs, but also being accessible to all education and income levels, which I do agree with as well. Um, because if it if there's apps that are out there that would be able to help with um, improving symptoms for those types of things um, and those types of immune um, conditions, then definitely I'm all for them, especially if they're helping with reducing patient and healthcare costs, I am all for them. But that is the allergy news article. And I really thought it was interesting, especially because we are in the heart of allergy season. And I know when I'm looking at the pollen count forecast for my area, like I see them going up, like I've seen pollen count as high as 8,000. And (laughs) I'm just like, ooh, but Thankfully, it's just mainly been like tree pollen. So for me personally, I'm not affected by it. But my mom, she has really bad symptoms when the tree pollen count is really high. So it really does affect her and like her eyes will start getting itchy in her eyes. Like she usually has like eye allergy symptoms when it comes to like pollen and like dog hair and things like that. Yeah, that's really unfortunate, but it kind of goes to show how different people can have different reactions to different types of pollen. So that kind of leads me into today's topic, which is all about how to survive pollen how to survive pollen season. That's what I meant to say. I don't know why I was about to say pollies. Um 
But yeah, so the first tip I'm going to be talking about is skipping certain foods during pollen season. Now, I kind of talked about this briefly in last week's episode about histamine intolerance, but I wanted to talk about um, a little bit more in depth about how there are foods that can actually contribute to making your symptoms worse when it comes to seasonal allergies. So like for an example, if you're allergic to a ragweed pollen or other weed pollens, it's usually best to avoid foods like melon, bananas, cucumbers, sunflower seeds, and chamomile because they could be setting off your allergies and you don't even know it, which is absolutely crazy because I'm like really sensitive to grass pollen. So when I did some research on foods that could trigger like grass and weed pollen um, for me, And when I tell you guys that I saw like a big difference when I started to skip certain foods and kind of like keep an eye on um, those types of foods and limiting the amount of those foods that I was eating, like I honestly mean that I saw like a huge difference. And I didn't even know until doing research that some of my favorite foods like cucumbers and chamomile for like chamomile tea that it could be affecting me in that way. So I highly recommend like reevaluating your diet a little bit during pollen season because it could really help you out and you won't have to be dealing with a stuffy congested nose as much and it could be those foods are like not making the situation better for you. And like if you see like a difference in that, like it's like you will be thinking yourself later, honestly. So the other thing that I do a lot of when I um, in the midst of allergy season, pollen season, that type of thing is drinking green tea. Now drinking green tea, it's like one of my go to's for pollen season. And I haven't really been drinking as much of it lately just because we're in quarantine. There's really no reason to go outside as much. But when I'm at school and I'm constantly like having to be outside and walking from class to class, like I'm always drinking green tea. And green tea, it has a compound in it that's called um, methylated um, epigallocatechin gallate or EGCG. I probably said that wrong. Oopsie daisy. And it blocks a cell receptor that plays a role in the body's allergic response to allergens. And so I'll drink it and weirdly I'll also inhale it too so that I can get like a quick steam of it and then I get a drink and it's all in one. So it's really like a win-win for me. I don't know if anybody else does that, but I do that like with like hot water and hot tea, like if I'm drinking it and um, it's like you get a little steam and a drink in one. So another tip that I usually follow during allergy season is drinking peppermint tea. Uh, Peppermint tea, it's really great because it can be used as a decongestant to help with relieving inflammation. And basically, um, when you are dealing with allergies and you get a congested nose and it's stuffy, you're getting inflammation in your nose. So in that way, peppermint tea would be like super helpful for that. And peppermint, it also has this um, plant compound in it called rosmarinic acid and so that plant compound it's known to not only have anti-inflammatory and anti-allergic properties in it so it can help with reducing symptoms of seasonal allergies so runny nose itchy eyes and even asthma attacks I was surprised so definitely think about incorporating some peppermint tea into your life because it actually could help you out a lot so another um item it's a food item again and it's ginger I've talked about my love for ginger a lot here on the pod before and it's healing properties and ginger 
has anti-inflammatory properties, which is great because like I said before, like allergies are basically when your nasal airways are inflamed due to an irritant. So you're dealing with inflammation in your nasal airways. So it's perfect for that. And like you can put ginger, you can have like ginger root, you can put it in like your tea, which is one of my favorite things to do. You can drink ginger tea, you can make ginger tea, like ginger is so flexible and like you can have it in so many different ways. So I highly recommend if you don't have ginger in your diet, you definitely should. So another um, thing, it's not actually a food item, it's actually a tip and it's avoid recently mowed lawns. So if you're allergic to fresh cut grass like me, it's just best to stay the heck away from it, especially during the spring when the pollen is out and it's really just looking for victims to attack. And I usually wear a mask during allergy season or I try to just completely avoid the area when the grass is getting cut if I can. Like that's what I try to do when I'm at college, but there are times when there's only one way to get to a building and I literally have no choice but to walk by it. And I mean, the landscapers, they stop when they see you, but the pollen gets dispersed in the air when the lawn's being mowed. So it's really already in the air and you're all like, no, please don't contaminate my air. And like when I see um, a lawn being mowed, I feel like a ninja, like, and I have like ninja reflexes kicking because like I'm trying to like, dodge and weave like the area and like the landscapers like nobody's business like if I can hear a lawnmower I'm like crap and so like I try to find like any other way that I can to like avoid that area but like I said before like there's gonna be some instances where you can't so you just do what you gotta do honestly so another one um another tip that I have is having medicine on hand so my go-to medicine is something that was a recommendation for me from my own doctor. So definitely consult your doctor to find the medicine that works the best for you and your body and to know how much you should be taking. So my doctor recommended me to take both fexofenadine and fluticasone propionate. And so this stuff works for me guys and it puts me out of my allergy misery. Like I used to use um, like Benadryl and the two drugs that I mentioned, they were just like the generic versions of uh, the fexofenadine is the generic version to um, like Allegra. And then the other one is like the generic version to um, Flonase. So I when I used to use Benadryl, like it worked, but sometimes I would still be sneezing even after I took it when it had been like a few hours since I had taken it so it should have had enough time to be able to like settle into my system you guys you know and but I always felt like it wasn't helping me at 100% more like 70% but using like the other two it really has helped me navigate my pollen allergies and I swear by both of them because they are the absolute truth and I highly recommend them they are life-changing they help me so much so yeah so then another a tip is to use saline spray um, and saline spray is different from using like another type of spray like a like a Flonase or something like that. Um, saline spray, it helps with adding moisture to your nasal passages and to your sinuses if they're dry. And so it can also help with removing pollen and other irritants that are in your like nasal lining in your nose. And so I used to use a saline spray not only for like my allergies, but also because I deal with nosebleeds sometimes. Um, I get them usually when it's like really like hot and humid. 
I used to use it for that, but I haven't really needed to use saline spray in a while. But once in a while, like if it gets really like dry in my dorm room, then I'll like use some saline spray to be able to help with like moisturizing like my nasal passages. So um, another tip that I have for you guys is using a pollen count tracking app or signing up to receive emails about the pollen count. I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, um, but I get emails from the Atlanta Allergy and Asthma about the pollen count like literally every single day. So I know what I'm dealing with for the most part before going outside. So for example, like I'm more sensitive to grass pollen where my mom is more sensitive to tree pollen. So when the tree pollen count is extremely high, it affects um it affects me, but it doesn't affect me nearly as much as it affects my mom. And for me, I know that I'm more sensitive towards um, more like grass and weeds and things of that nature. So really, it's helpful for being able to monitor kind of like what the pollen count is. Because I know one day, and I remember this day so vividly, guys, like I was at school and I went to work because I work at school and I felt miserable that day guys like I felt so horrible I felt so bad and I was just like I was like put me out of my misery and so I was like sneezing and I was coughing my eyes were itchy like I had allergy medicine literally nothing was helping me that day and I was just I just felt so bad and my bosses were like are you okay like are you sick and I'm like no like I we're in allergy season so I'm thinking it's my allergies and so they were like oh well did you not hear about today and I was like well what do you mean and they were like and this is before I started actually looking at the pollen count in this instance made me start looking at the pollen count like seriously. And so one of my bosses, she was like, well, did you hear that the pollen count is like the highest that it's been in like five years? And I was like, no, I didn't. So then I honestly, I just went to like um, online and looked up on one of the news sites like ABC or like NBC, something like that. And I looked up the pollen count and I was like, wow, it's like really high. I think it was in like not, it was like either like in the nines or the tens, like the pollen count was really, really high. And I was like, no wonder I feel miserable. Like my voice was a totally different octave. Like my voice was like really deep and people were like, what is wrong with your voice? And I'm like, it's the pollen. Like it's really affecting me like so bad, like so bad. Like I just, I've felt like I just wanted to take a nap for the rest of the day and my roommate she was so sweet and she went and got me like lunch and stuff and brought it back to my room but I was literally like I left work early like I just was not in the mood to interact with literally anybody and from that day forth like I would wear a mask around campus during allergy season and I didn't care if I got weird looks because I know that if the pollen count gets really really high especially for grass pollen like I'm going through it and so I went and talked to my doctor and that's kind of why I am on the two medications that I talked about earlier they're both over the counter to be able to um, find a better line of defense for when it comes to my allergies and we came up with a plan on when I need to start taking my allergy medicine because I'm very sensitive to it and when the pollen count gets really really high like I just feel miserable my nose is congested I can't breathe out of my nose like it's so bad guys it's so 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 bad like it's so bad but I definitely recommend having a pollen count tracking app because it's super helpful it has really saved my butt lately like within the past few years because like I just know what to expect before going outside um I used to have the app 
for it on my phone, but I just now just get it through the Atlanta allergy and asthma just because it's just easier that way. And plus it's better as far as like being able to know what's going on locally. I think the one that I had before it was, oh, it was for like, I think the general Atlanta area, but this one, it's a little bit more specific as far as like the different suburbs in Atlanta as well. So I really like it. I highly recommend it. I don't know. I would assume that other places in the U.S. they also have websites that are similar to Atlanta Allergy and Asthma so that you can track it or being able to find some type of allergy bureau. I know that the National Allergy Bureau has it where you can do tracking through their website as well. I know some allergy medications have it where you can track the pollen count. Um, I want to say like some some allergy medicine that starts with a Z like it's just not coming in my brain right now. Um, but I know that they have an app. I think Claritin has an app. Like there's so many different apps that you could be able to use to be able to help with at least getting somewhat of an idea about the pollen count around you. And in addition to that, just hope it rains because <laughs> so the pollen can get washed away, honestly, because pollen is the absolute worst and I hate it with every bone in my body. So the next a tip that I have, and it's actually a food item now, so we're back to food again, and it's actually pineapple. So pineapple, it's loaded with vitamins, and it has an allergy-fighting powerhouse in it. It has this thing in it called bromelain, and bromelain, it's a group of enzymes that's most commonly found in pineapples, and it's shown to be able to be effective in treating a lot of respiratory problems due to allergies. It um, can help with calming down like the irritation and the swelling that causes itchy eyes and a runny nose. It can also help with like coughing and chest tightness that's usually associated with those who have asthma. So it's really helpful in that aspect. So if you are already a pineapple fiend, then keep on eating those pineapples because they'll actually help you with your spring allergies. So the last thing that I'm going to be talking about that can help you with surviving pollen season. It's one of my favorite things actually and it's wasabi. So if you really love spicy food then you'll probably really excited about this one. So if you have been having problems with breathing through your nose then you really need some wasabi because wasabi will become literally your best friend because I don't know about you but when I have sushi like, and I put wasabi on it, like, I feel like my whole sinuses for, like, the last five years gets cleared. <laughs> you start to be able to get all the stuff that's in your sinuses out. Like, it can really help with opening up your sinuses because of the heat. So, if you're not a fan of sushi, then you can be able to use wasabi in other ways. You can put it, like, on fajitas and tacos. Like, there's so many other different ways that you can use wasabi. Or if you're straight up savage, then you can just eat wasabi by itself. But I don't really suggest doing that because you can upset your stomach. But definitely, definitely having wasabi in your life it's just really good so like if I'm dealing with a stuffy nose like I'll be like oh I need some wasabi also another way that I've been having wasabi is through these seaweed sheets that I get from uh, Kroger and I've talked about them on the podcast before and they also have that spiciness but there's nothing better than having some fresh wasabi because it'll just clear you out it will just clear your nasal passages out like completely and you'll start being like <coughs> because I, I know that's usually how I am and I'm just like I usually have to grab something because it's just overwhelming like the spiciness getting into your your sinuses 
But then after you're done going through your whole little like, oh my goodness, like this is too much. It's like really, really hot phase. Then you're like, okay, okay, this is not that bad, but you got to get over the hill first. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, me talking about pollen season, how to be able to get through this season because it can be a tough one for a lot of people, including myself. I know for me, when I started dealing with my allergies like really bad and it started getting to the point where, you know, I couldn't you know, sit in grass for long periods of time. Cause I know for me, like during soccer season, like I couldn't do like my stretches and things like that in the grass, especially for spring soccer. So I started looking up different tips to be able to implement into my life on how I would be able to get through not only soccer season, but just spring season in general, because it's usually like the worst for me, but I also get my allergies in the fall as well, but they're usually like really hardcore in the spring with the pollen and things like that. But if you guys found this episode helpful, then be sure to leave a rating on this podcast and to leave a review. Um, Hopefully it's five stars. And if you guys are not subscribed to the Oh My Allergies podcast, you definitely should hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of future podcast episodes. And if you guys have any ideas on what you guys would like to see from me in this podcast, some suggestions for different episodes you want to be able to listen about, if you guys have any certain questions that you guys want me to answer then be sure to uh reach out to me on social media my handles are always listed in the show notes but my twitter is at call me val barnes and also my instagram is at call me val barnes and the podcast also has an instagram so you can follow oh my allergies podcast at oh my allergies on instagram so you can send questions about the podcast that way as well and i will talk to you guys in the next episode bye guys